This is The Afro Ruby, a podcast sharing stories and inspirational insights from women in Africa, young and mature, to hear how they navigate life journeys, share what inspires them, and some of the challenges they have overcome. I'm Nonya Mpoamotola. So why the Afro Ruby? Well, like many gemstones, rubies are made under extreme heat and pressure below the earth, and the process that rubies are created under is very much a representation of the women we'll be speaking to throughout the series, their distinct journeys and what makes them who they are. And Afro, well, we aren't just gems. We are African gems, rare, vibrant and distinct. And we're kicking off this series talking about African diaspora identities. We explore the complex transnational nature involved in shaping the identity of African immigrants, negotiating new and old identities and what it means to be African in this context. And the reason why this is the first uh, topic that we will uh, go into is because I myself, if you hear my name, there's Nonye, there's Umpo, and Omotola. And a lot of people ask me, where are you from? Well, Nonye is a Nigerian name, it's an Igbo name, my father. Umpo is a Sutu name from my mum, who is from Lesotho. Omotola is a Yoruba name, it's my husband's surname, family surname. And uh, I combine all of those uh, cultures, although I was born and raised in the UK. Um, today, we're going to be joined by a friend, uh, Aramide Ramos. Uh, she's also a dedicated wife and mother of two. She's dynamic and ambitious, uh, an entrepreneur hailing from Lagos, Nigeria. Um, although she now resides in South Africa, determined to make a mark in the business landscape, both in Nigeria and internationally. Thanks for having me. Right. So to start off, Aramide, who are you? What's your identity? My name is Aramide Ramos OJ. I'm a Nigerian Brazilian. <laughs> Though my mom is from Togo, raised by my mom mostly. My dad is out of the country, so I get to speak my mom language first, which is Togo Lizzy. So um growing up in Lagos has been very fun for me. I'm not I'm gonna lie, it's my favorite place actually. But then growing up I thought, okay. Where do I want to be? Do I want to go to Brazil? Do I want to reside in Nigeria? You know, I've always uh, tried to like uh, juggle both together. So at the end of the day, we ended up living in Nigeria because my, my dad, after working with uh, Fernandex, um, after his retirement, he decided to stay back in Lagos, Nigeria. So I grew up there. I schooled there throughout my educational uh, stage. Um, I've, uh, I got to work in Lagos briefly as well. And then there was a time, like probably around 96, I was able to visit Togo just once. So I would say all my life has been in Lagos, Nigeria. So you're, so, so I've heard Brazilian. I've heard Togo. I've heard Lagos, Nigeria. And yes, I love Lagos, Nigeria too, as well. Um, but you've, you've accepted Nigeria as your, as your personal identity. Yes, because most of my time is spent in Nigeria. So I know more about Nigeria than most of these other countries. Okay. And so, and so when people ask you about your identity and your culture, do you explain Brazilian, Togo, Nigerian, or do you emphasize your Nigerian side more? Yeah, I emphasize my Nigerian side more basically because that's where I school, that's where I work, that's where I have friends. 
um, I relate more with Nigerians, so I emphasize more on my Nigerian background. But if I just want to elaborate more and tell them my background, like my mom and my dad, then I start to talk about where they're from. I would also say the same. So whilst my mother's from Lesotho, my father's uh, Nigerian, Igbo, although I was born in the UK, I have adopted Nigeria as my African identity. I remember one time I was going through the airport and um, the guy at the desk, the, he stamping the passports, asked me, where are you from? And I was, I had a British passport, uh, you know, that I was showing him. And he said, where are you from? I said, the UK. He said, no, where are you from? I said, I'm British. I'm from the UK. <laughs> he said, no, where are you from? Of course, I knew where he was headed, but I, in the context of what I was holding, which is a passport, and it was a British passport, I then said to him, my father is Nigerian, my mother is from Lesotho. So he said, uh-huh, you're Nigerian, you're Nigerian. I said, yes, I am, and I'm very proud of it. But at the time, I didn't say I'm Nigerian because I wasn't holding Nigerian passports, do you understand? So um, in terms of African identity, I would say I'm more Nigerian as an African than I am Sutu, although I love my Sutu family and uh, I've got cousins in Johannesburg and also obviously family in Lesotho, I have been raised more in the Nigerian culture. And what is it about Nigerian that makes you feel, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a Nigerian show and don't tell me about jollof rice. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah the, obviously we're still going to touch uh, talk about the food. But most importantly, I would like to say the people... Uh, the upbringing for me was like very special. Like for instance, my mom is Togolese. She hardly speaks Yoruba, Igbo, or Osa, but she hardly visited our country. Mm. She finds it more easy and more comfortable in Nigeria. She's find she finds it as a home. So I would say, I mean, for instance, me that I'm I'm, I'm a Nigerian by birth. Obviously, I would love my country more than anyone else. You know, if she could be comfortable, then it's better for me to relate with them. Mm-hmm. And the food also, I'm not going to lie, it's it's my favorite. Though I grew up eating my mom's uh, local meal. Mm-hmm. They are kome, the okra, the vegetable. But then Nigerian food is, is my fave. Oh, please. When you say okra, I'm thinking <laughs> okra soup. I want my okra soup. I, I love okra soup as well. And I love dodo. I like plantain. For those of you that don't know what dodo means, it means plantain, right? It looks like banana, but it's not really. Um, but yes, Nigerian food. I'm sure most Nigerian households, they eat Nigerian food on the regular. Your ikusi soup, your pepper soup, your fish pepper soup. You know, I like pepper soup. Uh, and... Um, yeah, so outside the food, I know you like fashion. I like Nigerian fashion. Um, and, and that makes me, uh, I think I have a lot of Nigerian or African clothes, I'd say. What I'm wearing today is a Senegalese outfit, but it looks like a Nigerian boo-boo. And I know that you like fashion. So what about, what else about Nigeria do you, do you love or that you ascribe to? Um, I'm not really a fan of traditional outfit, but when you look at the Nigerian fashion, it gives you that opportunity to inculcate both the international brands, mix it with a local brand. So it gives you a little bit of freedom to mix both together and then you have your own unique look. Like myself, I, I like to say trends. I don't, I'm not a follower. I'm not really much of somebody that's follow trends. I like to set mine. I'm not really setting the trend for people to follow. Follow. Mm. It's just for me what I accept, what I believe in, how I want to look. For instance, I'm a nudist. 
Um, I'm not a fan of expensive clothes. Yeah, you told me this before. <laughs> yes, I'm a nudist. I, it's not like I want to show off my skin or I'm seeking attention or validation from people. No, it's what I'm comfortable in doing. I mean, for instance, Nigerian weather is kind of humid. It's hot. So when I see people wearing the old Agbada, the Uro and Boba, I feel like they're uncomfortable, but they needed to do that based on how people should perceive them mm. or how they are, what they are allowed to do. Mm. And then, I feel like everything about life shouldn't be what people think of us or their narrative about what we do. It should be more of how do we feel? Are we comfortable in doing this? Are we happy dressed this way? Mm. So I feel like Nigerian fashion for me is very great. It's uh, very colorful. I love the Ankara because Ankara... Some people could like make a dress of, out of it. Some people could make like two piece. Mm. I could decide to make a short skirt, mm. hot pants, mm. you know. So Nigerian fashion for me is very great. It gives me the opportunity to do what I like. Okay, that's fantastic. And I know you talked about nudists, but when we talk about culture, African culture, we know that being a nudist is not something that fits into that kind of descriptor. Um, so under normal circumstances, you'd be very happy to go for a wedding in without your cultural attire on, basically. You just move very freely. Yes. Under normal circumstances, but obviously... We- well, let me just chip in. Um, I like to dress according to the occasion. Okay. If I'm going for a wedding, I've, I've got an idea I need to w- put on a dress mm-hmm. and I would do so probably with a trail. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to the beach, for instance... I don't want to see somebody on your rumble by on the beach, which some people still do. You okay. can come with your native. No, I'm going to come in my bikinis. Yes. All right. So that's good. I wanted to ask you, what do you think about media, media consumption, and how you think it affects and influences what it means to be an African, especially from the context that before when you describe Africa, there were a lot of, negative adjectives that were you know attributed to being an African basically because of our history talking about slave trade talking about how we've been subjugated over the years I feel that in current day now Africans are very positive and passionate about describing who they are where they come from and the aspirations they have for the continent what do what do you feel and 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 do you feel that media has a role to play in this yeah, they have a very big role, but um, I would like to say I feel like we need um, our voices to be heard more. Most of the time, um, they, they, they want to tell us how we should feel. But I feel like um, while well, stories are different, our experiences are different. So each and every one of us should be given the opportunity to speak on how we feel, on our own point of view, not on the point of view of others or general point of view. So I feel like the media has got a very big role to play. And as well as um, the news as well, um, is kind of selective. They talk more about things that is trending or popular or has got more votes. Mm. So in my own perspective, I feel like we're not given enough opportunity to tell our own story. Do you think that gives uh, space for us to develop our own media house, our own, you know, big media, global, you know, media house so that the likes of your CNN, the likes of your Al Jazeera, maybe Africans themselves should have their own big media house where they are fronting the news front and center, whether it's the bad experience, whether it's the positive experience, business, uh, entrepreneurs, culture. Um, maybe that, that's an opportunity for someone, maybe us, to start that off uh, for the continent. Yeah, um, I mean, lately I've noticed that a lot of people 
um they they listen uh, they do less of news do more of podcasts whereby they invite like myself right now on this platform whereby they invite various people from very uh, different part of of the of of the world to talk about to talk their story to talk about their own point of view to talk about what what they um, encounter every, uh, on a daily on a daily basis so i feel like we we've already started the journey mm. but what is the end result? Are we going to keep doing this? Are we going to stop at any point in time? So, um, yeah, I'm happy with how things are going currently. People no longer have to really rely on the news, on uh, TV, for instance, or on radio. We can sit around and talk about our own story and then educate other people that are willing to learn. That's fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think uh, a lot of our friends and a lot of people actually young and mature are very passionate about the continent and uh, we see a lot more and very happy to see our fashion and our music particularly um we have ama piano which is popular around the world we have our afro beats popular around the world we have artists who are filling up stadiums and people who are singing to their songs from different cultures and different backgrounds not just african so that is amazing i wanted to just ask you are there any key incidents that have happened in your life that have helped to shape your identity, that have helped to, to res- make you more resolute. You're very confident. You're a very confident person and very smart as well. And um, when we have our chats, sometimes you make me laugh. <laughs> but I wanted to find out, are there any incidents that have really helped to shape who you are as in, as in now? Yes, um, I'm just, I'm just going to name a few. First, I'll talk about rejection. Growing up in Nigeria for me was fun, but at the same time, quite challenging. I remember when I started primary school, my friends, they always tease me because of my surname and be like, you're Ramos, you're not Yoruba, either Igbo or Aousa. So where exactly are you from? I'm not going to lie. When I was a kid, I don't like talking about my family background, like where my dad is from, where my mom is from, because already they don't even have a clue, but I, I already for like uh, I've been rejected you know so many times they call me names you're not part of us you're not from here you can't even speak Yoruba fluently you always do more of English and uh, pidgin English yeah I feel like rejection has, has played a very huge role it has made me realize how confident I am how much I can stand alone regardless of how I'm accepted by others because at the end of the day we are all humans most of the most of those places that we come from it's just smell of a place of a location what matters most is what lies in us the power that we have the things that we are willing to impact on others so i feel like it has played it played a huge role and it has brought me thus far that's fantastic i always used to wonder because you're small petite but you're a huge <laughs> dynamite package so that's uh, that's very interesting and it's very interesting to note that when we talk about rejection i don't i i I don't know that I have been rejected in terms of culture, but I know that I've that's rejection also is something that has helped to shape me. And maybe along the years, I've I've kind of like outgrown it. But before, I used to be extremely shy. Um, I wouldn't want to really speak. Now, when I tell people I'm an introvert, they're like, "No, yeah, please, please, you are an extrovert." And I'm like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm an introvert." But and I only feel comfortable around people that I'm used to, right? Um, but in terms of growing up in England, however, um, we were considered as black minorities. So when you're filling forms and stuff, you know, are you this, are you that, or are you a black minority? 
And I remember coming back from school sometimes and I would say, Daddy, Daddy, they call me a black pig. And he said, did you call them? <laughs> did you call them? Did you say anything else back to them? You know, you can't be crying. You know, you must be very clear. And I remember he was used to talk about Nigeria, Nigeria. So anytime I heard the word Nigeria or even if it was Liberia, to me, it sounded the same. I said, Daddy, they, they talk about Nigeria on the news. And I'd be so excited, you know. Um, and obviously later on, as we, as we grew up, he took us to, he brought us to Nigeria and he did it really to help shape our identity. He brought us at a young age. When I first got there, I used to cry a lot because mosquitoes, you know, the heat, nosebleeds. But over the years, that's what's helped to shape me. That's what's helped for me to know I'm not just a black minority, that I'm indeed an African. Um, and my mom's culture as well, but with my father's culture infused in us, um, has really given me that sense that no matter what anybody says, I know who I am. So I think culture and the way parents raise their children is very, very important, especially as Africans, to have a shaped identity. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I think we've talked about a lot of serious things. <laughs> I want to ask you about fun things, especially like your children, who I love. <laughs> so your children, how are you raising them? You know, what are your hopes for them? Especially as, as, as Africans, you're married to a Nigerian. Um, what, what does that mean? Firstly, I really thank God for giving me the opportunity to have my daughter and my son because growing up for me, I, I faced a lot of challenges which um, shaped me not to even think of wanting to be a mother, talk less of to be a wife. I never wanted none of that. Thank God also I met a very good man, a friend of mine, Ben OJ. He has really given me the opportunity just to be myself. He didn't like really push that on me to be a mother because I always feel like, how am I going to be responsible for this kids? Because at some point I feel like I grew up too early. I grew up raising myself, you know, fighting for myself. Though I'm a third out of four kids, I'm my mom's favorite. <laughs> so I feel like I'm very happy to have my own kids, people that I can call friends, people that I can look out for, people that I can raise with my own believed um, norms and culture. Um, my daughter is a very good friend of mine. She talks a lot. <laughs> I feel like I talk a lot, but sometimes I feel like I only talk around the people that I'm comfortable with. Mm. So some people perceive me as an introvert. Meanwhile, I'm not introvert. I'm extrovert. It's like uh, I could be too much sometimes. My son is very quiet. He's got the same personality as my husband. So quiet people. Mm -hmm. The girls are just, they, we are everywhere. So when it comes to my kids, um, to my own best ability, I feel like I'm giving them the best that I could ever give anyone. Mm -hmm. Those things that I was denied of, I feel like it's time for me to give to them. I see, I see them grow in a way that I wished I could grow. For instance, my kids go to my dream school that I wanted to go as a kid. I remembered when I told my daddy that I would love to attend that school. Like they beat the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> where do you want me to get the money from? And why would you want to change school? Like you always come with different ideas. Why are your friends and everything? He was very worried. So now I don't have to wait for my kid to tell me what they want. Mm -hmm. I already know the best of the best for me to dish out to them. So I'm glad that I have both of them and uh, I'm raising them to my best ability. That's fantastic to hear. It's really great to hear about, you know, your your husband's support. And, and I think husbands are very critical as our partners, you know, and for those that, you know, that don't have family, 
um, it's important to have someone, whether it's a best friend, an auntie, a mentor, um, especially as we navigate, uh, you know, the global hemisphere and, and make sure that our identity and our culture is um, out there. Um, it's important that we have someone who stands by us and believes in what we do, what we're doing, or that we can use it as an example. So I'm happy to hear that um, that your husband is there. And I, I've witnessed that as well. So I know. And I know your daughter is like you. Yes, she's <laughs> an extrovert like you. Um, and I know your son's very quiet, but they're very, very loving kids. And um I think they have a lot of love for my husband as well, so <laughs> more than me, but yeah, a lot of love for my husband as well. But um, I know you, you're an entrepreneur, so you're an African entrepreneur. I know you're, you're into fashion, you're into beauty, but recently you've picked up jewellery. So tell us a bit about that. Yes, um, I. it's not like I dropped what I was doing, like my salon. I just moved it from South Africa to Lagos, but now I just deviate into uh, uh, jewelry because that's actually my mom's and my grandma's um, trade of line. Wow. And selling jewelry, making jewelry, buying from another country, you know, exporting and importing. So I feel like it's the high time for me to also go into that venture because I really like it. It's very personal to me. I love jewelry, but mm. I don't wear as much as I, I have them. Mm. So I feel like it's the time for me to also help others to bring the idea to life. Like for instance, um, I personalized on the, um, designs um, instead of you just walking into a jewelry shop picking what they have on the shelf you know at the end of the day you pay you jamad for what you don't really like what you can't really relate to but simply because you need your ring you have to buy it. so what i do is i help you to bring your uh, design to life what what you can imagine how would you want your wedding ring or engagement ring for instance to look like mm. what kind of design do you like relate to you know i just got started uh, and I'm not going to say I'm doing too well, but I like the journey. I like where it's taking me to. I've been able to meet both male and female in the industry. Unlike when I was just doing my salon business, mm -hmm. I only get to miss the mothers and the kids. But now I miss everybody, both the dad, the mom, the kids. Everyone can I mean, support me. For instance... My daughter, when I came from Nigeria recently, she told me, oh, mommy, I want a new earrings. And then I look, I said, okay, I'm going to make you one. So I made her something like a little piece. And she told me, I will never lose it. This is very precious. I like it. Even though she doesn't even know the value of what she's got. Mm. But the fact that she told me exactly what she wanted, the shape was sweet. Mm -hmm. And I was able to make that for her. So I feel like when I make something that is precious to you, something that you like, you designed yourself, it becomes very important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to get my engagement ring <laughs> redone by this wonderful African entrepreneur, Aramide. Um, so Aramide, as we start coming to the end, uh, I just wanted to find out what do you do in your social life? What do you do for fun? You know, I do a lot of things for fun. For instance, I like shopping. Um, I like going to the shop just to pick up groceries for the house. It's fun for me because I like meeting new faces, you know. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel relaxed. Back home in Lagos, every other week there is one party or the other, which doesn't really give you time to think of, do, do I really like going to parties? Or I'm just being forced because I'm invited by a friend or my aunt or my mom. Here in South Africa, I get to choose. I, lo I love music. Though I don't club, uh, I used to be a DJ in Santin. I remember that. Yeah, so I had 
my own fair share of the experience, the bad experience, which I wouldn't like to talk about. Um, that, I wouldn't say that's the reason why I don't club. I just feel like the club scene sometimes is just too much for me, mm-hmm. but I still love music. For instance, if I want to listen to music, I have places that I go to. I go to the lounge, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere where I can eat at the same time, listen to music, not just the all night drinking and dancing. And no. you like cooking. I love cooking as well. <laughs> I love, I'm, I, actually, I'm a great cook. That's, yes, that are. should be one of my favorite hobbies. I love cooking. You love cooking and you love cooking jollof. <laughs> jollof. We were, we were not, we were not going to talk about this jollof, but it's here. It's here now. Your jollof is number one that we know. Your stews, your frying of plantain. Yes. Actually, if you go to Ramadan's house for a visit, you will definitely come out very full. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, so I, I know that. Anyway, so as we wrap up today, I just want to say to Ramadan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you to Ramadan for joining us today. You have been listening to the Afro Ruby podcast, and I am Nonya Mpo Omotela. Let's keep the conversation going on our social media pages. Follow us on X and Facebook at The Afro Ruby. This podcast is available wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite platform to be notified of new episodes. Until next time, remember, you are The Afro Ruby. <laughs>